This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Mike Colonel on the way. Hello, Michael. How are you? August the 20th. August the 20th. I, I, I can't freaking believe it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Do you it's re- going slow, but it, it's not. Do you I, I realize that makes any sense? Do you realize that if we were on a normal schedule, college football would be starting next weekend? Well, yeah, and the Eagles would be playing like their second preseason, preseason game. game tonight, I believe. And, and and last year at this time, right at this time, I believe I could be off by like a day. I was in Bermuda, and I should be down the shore this week. This was the week we were supposed to be down there, but our people back in March said they weren't renting this year because they're older people, and I totally get it. I don't know if we would have felt. Yeah, I know people have gone to the shore for a week and basically don't do anything. Right. You know, which is still you're at the shore. It's still it's still better you know. than being in your house. Yeah, but I'm not sure I want to be at the shore and not be able to basically do anything. I mean, you could do stuff, but, you know, you, you, the indoor eating in Jersey you can't do. So you have to either pick an outdoor place or, you know, it's just. And Pennsylvania apparently is going to open indoor dining. Well, Philadelphia is. Pennsylvania, is, some areas of yeah, some areas of Pennsylvania yeah. have had it for a while. Is that going to be twenty five percent? Is that what we're going to do, or what? Are, yep, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, and I'm still not going to go. I mean, th- that's just me. Whether I'm wrong or right, or I, yeah, th- that's just me. I, I'm, you know, I got my flu shot today. My wife got her flu shot. Um, getting mine in two weeks. Yeah, well, my yeah, I was, I was over to pharmacy and they and they said, hey. We got them, and, and then the guy says it takes two to four weeks to, to work. I don't know. What, what the hell do I know? I you know, And Joe Biden's going to make the biggest speech of his life tonight. By, by the time most people have, get, hear this, they would have already heard it. So, uh, And next sure. week's the Republicans, obviously. Great show yeah. coming up today, though. We got Keith Pompey calling in from uh, Orlando, uh, where he is with the Sixers in the bubble for another week. Maybe, <laughs> um, you know, here's the funny thing, Kevin, and, I, and look, I, I think they're dead, you know, because probably at this point, I, I didn't think they were going to beat the Celts anyway. Certainly not without Ben. Right. Maybe with Ben. Yeah. Who, who knows? They were six seed for a reason. And mm-hmm. I know they beat the Celtics three or four during the season. I, I get all that. Um, some teams, I think when they get to this point, they just want to get out of the bubble. You know, I thought Montreal last night showed a little bit. Because they well, could have lost and gone home, you know. Well, and, and look, and you can look at, like, in the NHL bubble, look at Arizona. Arizona, the last two games, I think I'd have scored, like, 11-2 to two or something. Yeah. I mean, and they, Montreal, they had, ready to go Montreal had already made their season by beating Pittsburgh. So, you know, I mean, they got nothing to hang their head about. And then they came out and won a game. And, you know, they probably won't win the series, but they gave themselves a chance. But, yeah, the Sixers just, you know, we'll find out with Keith. Yeah. But, um you know, but like I listen, and like Anthony's like, I'm done with them, done with them. I if they win the next two games, let's just say for sake of argument, they figure out a way they do because they could have won any of these first two games. They were up by double digits, I think, in both games. Um, he'll be back on board. 
you know, people will be back on board. They'll be, they'll be like, you know, yeah. If they go out and win game three, people, uh, I'm some s- people, will I'm be saving back. my outrage for when we get Keith on. Um, yeah, I'm not outraged. It is oh, what I thought uh, I'm, it would be. I'm outraged because I, I think it's not that you're losing. I get that they're man, they're behind the eight ball with talent without Simmons. I get it. It's the it's the waiter losing. You know, Tobias sure. Tobias Harris sort of be ashamed to collect the paycheck after that last night. Well, what did Horford have? Six this, points, three, four boards. Al Horford's a declining player. Tobias Harris is supposed to be an all star, not in decline. Al Horford's making a lot of money to not be a declining player yet. But that's not that's not his fault. That well, the I'm Sixers not, gave him that money. No, I, but I don't mean that. But it shouldn't be six and four against your your former team that they, they don't doesn't have anybody bigger than like six eight for the most part. Fair. Um, you know, I'm not saying he should score twenty five. And, and the I, lack I, of I adjustments by the head coach last night was abysmal. Well, the, 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 the Celtics the literally ran the same play over and over again. <laughs> well, Tatum, look, we'll get all into this with Keith, but and I think the team was put together has been put together wrong. Um, or the coach is using it wrong, one or the other, or both, uh, combination both, and um, it shows. I mean, it, it shows. But for all the people who want to get rid of Ben or or think that Ben because he doesn't shoot, and I agree, I agree with what Bobby Cooney said last week when he was on it. You know, like five percent of his shots are from outside, you know, seven feet or whatever it was. Without Ben Simmons, they got problems because they don't have a point guard. And if Ben can do one thing in basketball, he facilitates. Uh, you might not like everything he does. He defends and he facilitates. And he's and you know the question becomes, Kevin. I think if if you are going to get a new coach or whatever, like h- how much is Embiid and Simmons progressed under this coach? But how much of that is on them as opposed to the coach? And I don't have an answer because I I'm not there every day. I don't see it. But when the coach comes out in December and begs you to take a shot, yeah, and you still much, don't. Yeah, and, and, and Joel has that. Joel's a front runner. When things are going good, Joel's he's he's, he's awesome. He's you know, you could see him oh. like sulking last night, and well, and you know, look, he showed up though, and B showed up. And B was still the best, the second best player on the floor. Tatum was the best player on the floor. But he should be because he's one of the top five to ten players in the NBA. Right. But he's it's it's very noticeable to me that he's never been in shape. And if you're going to play 80 games in a regular season, now he might only play 70, and then 20 games in a playoffs if you make a run, I just don't see this guy ever being able to maybe do that. And I could be wrong, you know, because last year they could have beat Toronto. They would have been playing a third series. But some of it at some point is on Ben and Joel. Some of it will be on Brett. Um, and we'll see if there's another guy in here next year, and they're not injured. What they do? Let me ask you. A two, let me ask you a two-part question. I'm going to ask Keith the same thing, but I might as well get it out of the way before we get Keith on. One, do you think there's any way they can win the series? Uh, it almost none. Yeah, I mean they 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 got like a one or two percent chance, probably. You know. Okay. Two, would you almost rather in that case? To guarantee there will be some switching, would you almost rather see them get swept at this point? I told you this last year, Kevin, when we were debating what was going to happen. If you're basing your decision on two games, 
that's idiotic. Like, do you rule? Do you rule this out with this with this ownership? I don't know with this ownership. I, you know, he's making ten million for the next two years. I think is the numbers. I could be wrong. All I'm saying to you is, if the Sixers extend this, let's say six, let's say they extend it to six, they pull Canadians, kind of. What difference does that make? Like, the only excuse you could give for bringing him back was that Ben was hurt, mm-hmm. and that they didn't basically play with their lineup most of the year. If you want to say that, I don't think it'll play well here, but you could. You bring the team back. You 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 know Horford's going to be a year older, um, but you know I'm not sure Al ever should have been here. Certainly for the money they're giving him. No. Um, but we knew that we we knew that they overpaid Tobias. This is no secret. Um, you know, but if they had done like three things in the last three years, like drafting Tatum, you know, and 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 maybe well, where they wouldn't I'll have be, had to get. I'll be Tobias. honest, one of the guys. Yeah, and his name's come up a lot in the last two, couple of weeks because we've seen a little more Phoenix with the bubble. And you and I saw him in college. Boy, Mikel Bridges would be a big impact here just for the defensive intensity that they don't have. They don't have it with Thibault. They don't right. certainly don't have it with Cork Moss or any of those guys. What did they trade him for? What What was that trade again? They traded was him that, for. Was that the Landry Schmidt trade? No, that was the. No, um, I thought it was Zaire Smith. It was Zaire was Smith, yeah. So what did they do there? And they, they so they traded him for Smith and what? There was something else in that deal, wasn't there? They swapped picks, I think, one year. But I, I'll get out. Yeah, but there was something else that the Sixers had to do, giving up the ten to go to whatever. But anyway, but I'm the thing that is, forget all the other stuff, which is fine. There, there's other pieces. If you have Jason Tatum on this team, okay. Uh, by the way, the the trade was the Bridges to Phoenix for 16 picks a year, Smith. Right, a 2021 unprotected first round selection from Miami, which they then used to get Tobias. Tobias, right? Yeah. Okay, but what I'm saying is, if you draft Tatum, you're not getting Tobias. Okay, so they would have had the, the pick, whatever that would have turned out to be. Mm-hmm. But if you put Jalen Smith on this team instead of Faults, and I'm not sure that. See, here's the thing: I I don't think Boston was going to let them move up if they knew that the Sixers were interested in Tatum. Right. The Sixers let it be known they wanted faults. So the Celtics said, well, let's fleece them, and we'll we'll take the guy we which want. Which they did. Which they did. And you know that because every time Boston and Philly make a trade, Philly gets, you know, screwed. Um, but if Tatum was on this team, think about it. Him and Bede and, and Simmons. My gosh. Him and, and then Bede, you're filling around that. Him and Bede Simmons, and then you're not trading – JJ, maybe you're signing JJ. Maybe you're signing JJ. Maybe you, yeah. maybe you keep, maybe you keep the Bridges pick. I don't know. Anyway, or Shamet. I mean, if you put Bridges or Shamet on this team, they would help, yep. right? Yep. In fact, uh, let's bring in the man who is in Florida as we speak. Is uh, he is calling in and will join us in a second? Joining us from, hold on, let me see. Keith, are you there? Keith is, I think, muted. Hold on here. Keith. You can hear me, and he's calling me. He's calling back, so. But, no, I look, I, I, I think your point is, is valid, Mike. I think we're looking at this. If they had kept the pieces, and they would have had salary cap room. Which is, they would have had eight, somebody figured out they would have had about fifteen or eighteen million 
if they had done certain things. Now, I still don't think they could have got Tatum. Right. Because I'm not sure the Celtics. If they played the their trade. part smart. Right. Well, maybe if they if they fooled the Celtics into thinking they were taking faults. I think we got Keith now. Keith. What's up, fellas? What's up? Doing? From beautiful. Yo. From beautiful. Orlando, Florida, where I'm sure the humidity today is only 85%. Uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Sixers beat writer, it's Keith Pompey. Keith, well, he, ain't see, he ain't seeing nothing of Orlando. He's, he's like, indoors. For, not that right. <laughs> for, all right. Describe, describe you're not – you're in the bubble, but you're not in the bubble, correct? You're not yeah, se- se- sequestered. Can you describe to people what it's been like for you? It's crazy because, like, okay, here's this thing. So you're not in the bubble, so you have a little bit more freedom, right? Right. The, the, the thing is you don't get as as much access as they do. Like, they get great access, right? They're right there. But they, they're they really strict on them. And it's like $50,000 to stay in there, right? So to me, yeah, it's $50,000 to stay in there. You have to stay there for the whole time from July 13th all the way through the end of the finals. Which is October 12th, right? Which is October 12th. So what I do is I have to go every Tuesday and every Friday. I have to take a test. And then on the day of the games or whenever I want to go to a game, I'll just go over to the facility and watch the game. The only problem is you're in the arena, but since you're not in the bubble, you can't get close to the players like the other guys. But it's funny because you'll see the reporters. Like, I've seen a couple guys, I gave them fist bumps, whole conversations <laughs> with them. But it's like, it's weird because it's like a little fence, a barrier. Yeah. They're on one side and you're on the other side. Everyone has on a mask. But it's just, since we're not getting tested every day, we can't be around the players. But we could be around the media members. You know what I mean? And, and stuff like that. Now, again, only when we're walking. Yeah. We don't sit in the same areas. Oh, sure. Them, stuff like that, yeah. And, and you're, you're staying in one of the Disney hotels, Keith? No, nah, I'm staying at a Marriott. Um, oh, the, so I, you, you've got points forever, don't you now, Pompeii? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're approaching baseball writer status at this point. <laughs> well, I know. But here's the funny thing, because, like, I'm talking to the people there, and I think, so they have um, – on the Disney Hotel, that's the a host hotel, is the Waldorf Astoria, right? A right. really nice hotel, and you got to go there to get your test. And you walk in there, and you're like, wow. But the, the thing is, like, I was someone told me that they went to a bar to get a drink there, and the drink, the guy was like $25. And he's like, whoa, whoa, hold up, <laughs> hold up. You know what I mean? And then, like, the reason why I'm here, because Florida is nice, but, dude, 90% of the people you see don't have masks on, Yeah, right? So so for me, what I want to do is, like in the place that I'm staying at, I have a room. I mean, well, of course there's a room, but I have, when I first come in there, you have like a, a kitchen area, and then you have a washer and dryer. It's like a so residence inn? the time to go out. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a residence inn, yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I mean. You know what I'll somebody told me, Keith? Friend what? of mine yesterday said, "If you want, if you want to get people in the South to wear masks, tell them that the college football season depends on it. That if they all wore masks and social distance, Alabama can well, play football. Good Lord, they said everybody will wear a mask. Good Lord, they've taken billboards out pretty much saying it hasn't worked yet, has it? Anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. hey, you're right. Kevin, before you get into this, I want to say yeah. something to Keith. Sure. About three months ago, Keith, 
you wrote a story, I think it was when the Black Lives Matter thing, I get maybe when, yep. after George Floyd, about being a black man in America. It was awesome. Some of the stuff you had gone through. And I know we had some conversation about it. And I sent you an email. I, I hope you got it. Yeah, but I just wanted to tell you what a good story that was to try to tell people who are white, you know, like myself, yeah, yeah. who don't have to go through any of that. But some of the things that you've went through, and Stephen A. Smith has told me stories, and mm-hmm. and um, other people, Aaron Carter. But it, it just – it was very um, – enlightening to me so i'm glad that you wrote it because i know it's hard to write stuff like that oh yeah that was probably the hardest one because you know you don't want to make it about yourself and you don't want you don't want to offend certain people you know what i mean like you know certain people like well why are you doing this and that but you remember we were in chattanooga (laughs) to see that one i told that story yeah yeah Woo! Hey, Kevin, I was scared to go out the room, dude. That doesn't. I mean, look and trust. I, I, I know. I live with a cop, you know, uh-huh. and I saw the good side and the bad side of that. And well, but this wasn't when I, Chattanooga. It wasn't the police. It no. was just a different. It was just a different environment. environment. Like, okay. Yeah. Well. Well, it was funny because because you know we're there and 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 um, I'm with you know um, Kern and. Um, and uh, the other people, and Terry, like, Terry, Terry Tui? Tui, yeah, Tui, and Tui's like, "Wow, hold up, they got they got pictures and stuff of the founder of the Ku Klux Klan in like the hotel." And you're like, uh-oh. Bed- "Bedford oh Forest was it in Bedford Forest?" I couldn't believe it, yeah, because I, I didn't know who the guy was. You know, yeah. well, Terry can- explained it to me. And they had no problem selling those tw- those eight by twelves. Jesus, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, it was good for Illinois to win that chip, but I couldn't wait to get out of there. And the, 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 the one part is, I hopped on the elevator, right, and then everybody hopped off. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. <sighs> the South is different. The South is way different. And I'll tell you what, down in the and you know this, um, Mike and and Keith, you would know this. You ever get pulled over by a southern state trooper or something? You will, you will be scared to death because it is they don't like people that have Pennsylvania tags on their plate. Of course, course. nobody. Uh, All right, let's get to this fiasco of a basketball team. Um, I heard you (laughs) on one one. I hope you got refundable uh, time beyond next week down at the (laughs) Residence Inn. I think they're scheduled to play game six next Thursday night if it gets that far. Do you see it in any way getting close to that far at this point? Nah, nah. I think I always thought that they would lose. I always thought that they would um, take it five games. And, you know, and the reason being is because I I thought it was either going to be game number one they would win. Right. Or it would be either three or four. And the reason being is because I think that this Boston team is so used to beating the Sixers in, in seasons past to where sometimes they'll say it's the same old Sixers. And then they'll, like, take their foot off the gas. And a lot of people are were overhyped at the fact that the Sixers went up 3-1. Right. And one of those games I'm talking about, those ambush games, because in Philly we hate Boston, right? right? People in Philly hate Boston. Sure. So one of those one of those ambush games were was when the Sixers um, opened up the season. Opening. Night. I don't think the Celtics were ready for that, right? Opening night, and it was Kemba Walker's first game there, and everyone was hyped up. Second time they came back here and they got a little buzz saw playing in Philly, 
Now, the one time when they went to Boston and they won the Sixers was because people forget two days before that, Charles Barkley and Shaq just criticized Embiid. Said he's not, you know, he's not a leader. He's not this. He's not that. And if I'm not so mistaken, MB Boston was. And if I'm not mistaken, Boston was on the back end of a back to back that night too. Yeah, back end of a back to back that night. Exactly. They had a couple injuries, right? Uh-huh. And and then Embiid just came out and was straight beast mode. Well, then they go back to Boston, and Embiid had his second worst shooting night of his career. And I said to people like. Nah, the Sixers going to lose in five when I knew they were going to play them. Just because I know it. Like, these guys are good. And, like, they, they're they so used to beating, you know, uh, you know, beating the beating the Sixers that they take it easy. It's kind of like when North Catholic used to play Judge. You know, of course. Goes, so I knew it would judge. get there. <laughs> I knew it would get there. Well, no, it, Jalen Rose calls it the gentleman sweep if you lose in five. Uh, you know, that means that you were dominated, but you weren't completely embarrassed. If that's the best this Sixer team has to hope for at this point, there's real deep-seated issues going forward, isn't there? Yeah, it is. I mean, when you think about it, think about when they played the Boston Celtics two years ago and they lost in five. You know, the future, you were like, okay, the future's bright. You know, they, they got money coming. They got guys about to come off the books. They could go out and get, go get free agents. They can do this and do that. And everyone's like, they're only going to get better. Now they lose in five, and people are saying, whoa, they're done. I mean, they have, like, four guys with max contracts. They, you know, they, they have two of them who are all-stars, but they're both injury-prone. And and the other two you really can't trade. And you have you got to look for a coach. You may have to get a new general manager. It's, it's bad. And then the Brooklyn Nets are going to get better. The Toronto Raptors are, like, better than people thought. Milwaukee's this team good. that you're losing to is 20. They got 22 and 23-year-olds running, the, you know, running yeah. the, uh, the team. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's bad for the Sixers. And, and Miami's better than them with Jimmy Butler and the ability to attract any free agent they want. Exactly. Mike. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Mike. It's bad. <laughs> if – let me play whatever. If uh, Ben doesn't get hurt, let's say – and let's say Hayward didn't get hurt, you know, whatever they have. We have Ben. They have. Had, would the Sixers have had any chance to maybe win? The, I mean, it's obvious without Ben, they got nobody that can point, play the point. Do you think? And I don't want to use that as a crutch. I don't mean that, you know. But would Ben have made enough of a difference that they maybe could have won this series or at least made it a, a seven-game series? I don't think so. I mean, because okay. the thing is. They moved Ben off the ball for a reason. They moved him off the ball because the Celtics are the first ones to sag against them, like okay. just back everyone up, right? And then they get real physical with them. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's the Ben had a one-point game against the Celtics a couple of years ago in the playoffs. So, and then here's another thing. So, when you look at it, everyone's saying that Ben Simmons' defense is great. And, you know – Heck, I voted for him for the defensive player of the year because I thought he was that good of a defender, right? Mm -hmm. But when they played the Indiana Pacers in the first game of the seeding thing, um, the guy he was guarding had 53 points. And then the next game they played, you know, he's two guys who was guarding. Yeah, San Antonio, they both had great points. So I'm saying this to say, like, 
and, and then also he didn't wasn't really involved in the offense as power for it. So right. it's always good to use that as a crutch. But if 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 Boston was at a hundred percent healthy and the Sixers were a hundred percent healthy, I still say Boston will win. Maybe not in five, it could be six, right. but right. I still think Boston will win. Keith Pompe- That's fair enough. Keith Pompey joins us from <clears throat> Orlando where he's following the Sixers. Um Okay, so assume this ends in five or four, whatever it is. You got to think the Brett Brown change comes quickly. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. What yes, will they What will they look for in a coach then? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before does the general manager go to Keith or does he stay? It depends on what if how much power the ownership wants. Okay. I mean that's what I think. You know what I mean? Because I think they, here's the thing about the general manager. I know he's getting destroyed right now and. and and some people can argue, like, why not? But you remember when they hired him, they turned down some more experienced candidates mm-hmm. because they wanted someone that was willing to make collaborative efforts. David Griffin and was one. David, yeah, David Griffin was one. So my thing mm-hmm. is, it's like, now, if you guys are out there making these collaborative decisions, and then he shouldn't be the only one to go. Because I'm pretty sure someone had to sign off on it. You know, sure. Elton's a, a, a nice, personable guy, so they may put him out front. But I think that if you're going to lay people off, you got to lay the whole front office off. Well, because- why, well, why did they keep the Colangelo crew behind and just put Elton in there when they swept Brian out of here? I think because I, I think the ownership, I think ownership makes a lot of decisions. And they just wanted people in place. Because if you think about it, if Brian was going to go, you're supposed to get rid of his whole staff. Right. You know, and then, like, the like you know, they got guys who are really into analytics. The ownership group is into analytics. So they kept them, and they're kind of like they tell them what to do. But you can't tell me that the ownership isn't the ones making these decisions. Because when you think about it, the decisions that and the trades that they made when Hinky was here, are the same ones that they made when Colangelo was here and the same ones they're making with EB. Now, EB did go after certain players. Mm-hmm. But, like, if, if, trust me, fellas, and you're going to laugh, when draft night comes, they're probably going to sell at least two of their second-round picks. They do that every draft. They sell picks, and you get $5 million back, upwards to $5 million back that goes in the owner's pockets. So they're making – so every time they say we're getting these second-round picks, they're not trying to draft players. They're trying to get paid. Well, and, and that that leads to the question. Like, Mike and I were talking about this beforehand. Obviously, if this is as good as the process is going to be, okay, and, and what the process has given you, okay, is basically what happened last last summer when they, when they lost, you know, the Toronto on, on a 100-hopper by Kawhi. If that's the if that's the highlight, okay. Where do you put the blame for them not capitalizing on all the assets they did have? I mean, they they got Simmons, they got Embiid, and you can make the argument on Okafor and all them that 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 was wasted by Hinky. Is it all on the Fultz trade? Is it even? You know, I was mentioning this Mike before he came on. Boy, Mikael Bridges would look really good on this team right now. Yeah, and yeah. and and and. They look lost. Like last night, so, so would Shamet. Shamet would look good on this team. Yeah, they look yeah, lost yeah. right now on what they're doing. Like they have no I mean, identity. You know, 
it all goes back to the ownership because see the thing is you know they they were heavily involved like uh, you know you, you could say they they were playing like fantasy basketball i mean think about this so when when the whole uh Mikael bridges thing came about you know there was a guy in the fr- a, a guy part of the ownership group by the name of david heller mm-hmm. who was very active and he was making some decisions and you know basically he liked Zaire Smith because he felt like Zaire Smith had the best upside because he could jump. You know, Zaire Smith, you know, I like the guy, really great guy, but he was a 6'3 center in high school right. who went to Texas Tech. And, you know, they played well against Villanova and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. He was a 6'3 power forward, and they drafted him because he could jump out of the gym. And you look at Bridges, and here's a guy – who there were only two guys in the seeding games who shut down T.J. Warren. One was Jimmy Butler, and the other one was Mikel Bridges. And they and they traded him. You know, they traded him. So it's like they made some bad drafts. I mean, think about this. They drafted, and they kept saying because the guy didn't want to work out for him. Well, Nerlens Noel didn't work out for him. Joel Embiid didn't work out for him. But- Jalil Okafor didn't work out for him. But what they're saying is, we didn't draft Christos Persingas because he didn't work out for us. But no one else you drafted at that time besides Michael Carter-Williams worked out for you. So they were making a lot of mistakes, man. Mike. Well, Kevin's a big Kevin's a big fan of the of the ownership group. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. And Ke- <laughs> I, I don't want to put Keith on the spot here. But I, I, I think that when this is all said and done, we're going to look back at this ownership group as one of the big shell games going on ever. Because I think they just want to be an owner. I don't think they want to I don't think they care about winning. They always talk about how great they are with marketing and selling the building out and how advanced they are with the analytics and all that. And they haven't won jack shit. I mean, seriously, they haven't won a division for God's sakes. I mean, so all this patting on the back that they've done to me is just incredibly incredibly see Kern got me going self-righteous yeah it's it's pompous and self-righteous and to me it's like it's almost it just feels a little bit of like a bit of a fraud you know what I mean after after what Keith just said before this Kevin it almost sounds like Keith's making it sound like they're incompetent more than um whatever word we want to put on it that you know, they just don't know how to do it. Maybe it's not that they don't want to do it, but it seems like what Keith's saying is they made a lot of bad decisions. Keith, yeah, I think they were just a little naive, and uh, well, this is what I think. I think that they were great businessmen, and then they had certain guys within the group who were had some basketball mind, but they weren't experienced like, let's say, uh, a, a Tony DeLeo and and guys like that right. in the past. So, you know, and they're, they're really smart, and they were in the analytics. And I think that that's what happened. They got into analytics, and they thought they can do it. And they thought it was a little bit easier. Now, again, you know, they did have Hinky as the general manager, and they did get Colangelo. But when you look at the trades that were made, they were all the same. Like, they were loading up on all these picks. And these all guys, and if you think about it, you know, Jalil Okafor, when he was in high school, he was the number one player in the country. Mm-hmm. No, there's no real. He was a top draft. I mean, he was a top high school dude. 
all these guys were like who's who or McDonald's all Americans. So they all like look good. But then when, but when it came down to scouting and, and I'm not even going to say anything because they had a pretty good, they got a pretty good scouting department. I just don't think that they listened to the people in the scouting department. No. Like Jaleel, you know Oka- I mean? like Jaleel Okafor was benched in the national championship game because he couldn't play defense. And then the Sixers seemed stunned that he couldn't play defense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot. I mean, and then, you know, like the whole, it, it, it's kind of like snake bit. Like, you know, here you go. You got all these guys getting hurt. Right. Then you get the Markel Folk situation. And then, oh, Jason Tatum turns out to be a star. You know, and then, oh, well, you know, we, we want to trade for um, Landry. No, no, no. We get Landry Shamit, who's a steal of the first round. Right. But we need to get Tobias Harris, and we trade him. Right. And not saying Tobias is a, is a bad guy. I'm just saying, like, you had the shooter that you needed. But then you, yeah. you wanted to go star hunt, you know. Yeah, so Keith, I'm not sure – I was talking with this with Kevin before. I'm not sure the Sixers could have got Tatum because of the fact that the Celtics weren't going to let him take Tatum. If the Celtics had kept the first pick, they were going to take Tatum, and they were smart enough to know because the Sixers let it be known who they wanted. That's just my opinion. So I don't think the Sixers could have stayed where they were and got Tatum. They couldn't. I mean, and here's the thing. But, see, here's the thing. The Sixers could have stayed where they wanted and got Markel Fulks. Because see, right? Yes, oh, Markel sure. Folks, Markel Folks had a a bad draft workout with the Celtics, right? Right. Um, the Lakers, you know, Ball was the guy, and he was a hometown guy. Right. They had to draft him, so the Sixers just got a little greedy. Well, greedy and 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 Danny Ames kind of got over on him. You know, he he got you over think? on him. <laughs> think. <laughs> Uh, God. Back yo, to, here's the other thing, guys. I, I, I gotta, no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are the Sixers the only team in the history that we can think of that drafted two guys with the number one pick within three years or four years of each or three years who both have mental blocks about shooting? Think about wow. that. Yeah. And, two and, perimeter guys. Um, and the other one, one looks guy, like he's starting guy. to finally overcome it a little bit. Right, Keith? Yeah, but not here. Not here. <laughs> number one picks but, yeah. but Fultz has looked better in Orlando than he has up here by far well, he could look worse yeah 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 he still has a ways to go but yeah he looks at least he's attempting the shots you know what I mean that's part of the battle right there being what, what know, is the, what is the end game for this ownership group what do you think that, that they want do they want the new arena? Do they want to sell? Do they? I mean, they well, have so many irons. I think the Sixers are extremely profitable right now. I mean, right. they're they're you know they they're number one in attendance now. Again, they don't own the arena. I mean, I I, I kind of think, you know, I think they like it. I just think that who whatever they did, they just went about it the wrong way. Right. Okay. Like I think you know what it is. It's kind of like a mom and pop business. Where they say, you know, you, you get some people that come in and say, hey, look, we can come in here and we can show you what to do and do it the right way. You'll pay us to do it. And they're like, nah, nah, we don't want that. You can show us. Right. And then we take over. And that's what happened. I mean, because you look at it like the guys who they drafted and, and some of the trades they made. I mean, it's like, you know, really like, like, okay, so for instance, you look at the Los Angeles Lakers 
and you look at you look at the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics starting center is making five million dollars. That's the starting center. center. You look you look at the Lakers, both of their centers are making the veteran minimum. Al Horford is making twenty eight million dollars as a backup center. <laughs> right? That's unheard of right now. Like you don't do that. That's like a major like that's bad. Like in the NBA now, the guys who get the most minutes, I mean the most money are wings, are wing, wing-type players. And now you have two of the highest-paid centers. And then for a while, you realize they couldn't play together. Now they are because you have to. So that's just like – that's something that you just don't do. And, again, it's, it's kind of like someone owning a restaurant, owning a business, and don't really know – you know, like they're learning – they're learning on the fly, so they're going to make those mistakes. And then people say, well, how come you didn't hire him to do it? You know, it's to me, it's, I think they mean well. I, I think they can be a little naive to, like, some of the basketball stuff. But they just need some help. They, need a, they, they just need help. They need a lot of help. Mike. Keith, let's get to game three. Okay. Is there anything that the Sixers can do – um, because we've seen Brett get out coached by Stevens a lot. Um, is, what can Brett do to try to get? I mean, they did have a 13 point lead the other night. So, you know, obviously they seem like they come out, they, they start strong, and then the Celtics just kind of blow them away at some point during the game. Not so much in game one, but it's certainly in game two. What, if anything, can the Sixers do in game three? To try to come, because I know Stevens will come up with a couple new wrinkles, probably. Um, or do you just not even see that happening? You know, I, I I don't know. I think here's two things. First of all, they got to try to get Tobias Harris hot, right? You have to yeah. try to. Tobias Harris is shooting 33 percent from the field. I think he made he's four nine at the rim, and he's one from seven for like uh, three feet to seven to ten feet, right? So they got to try to get him going, right? Secondly, that defense where they like, where they have MB just sitting back, mm-hmm. like, and they're doing these high, like the other team is doing high the pick picks. and roll, right? And 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 MB's not coming up, and like the guy is like wide open, you know, they got to they have to correct that. Now Brett Brown said that they did, but I looked at it and they really didn't. He he came up a little bit, but he didn't come all the way, right? He was just in the vicinity, so they have to do that. Thirdly, he's going to have to play seven guys, just seven, and 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 the major- the five of them are going to have to play a bunch of minutes yeah. because you just don't have it. Like to me, when they brought in Howell Neto, who's a, a nice guy, but when he on the defensive end, you had How Howell Neto mm-hmm. and Shake Milton out there. And you got like eleven point lead, and you're thinking like, okay, I'm gonna just put them out there for a little bit, and they got to guard Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker and all these guys. Come on, man! Like, nah, you got like a third string point guard on an average team, and then you got a guy who just came up from the G League going up against all stars. You can't do that. You can't do that. What is the temptation for this team and for any team down there who knows that it's over? You know, in a sense of Let's say they, they come out and they fall behind by double digits tomorrow night. The temptation has to be there because of the bubble to just mentally pack it in and go home. Are they at that point right now? Close to I it? mean, 
it looked like to me that they quit the last game mm-hmm. in, in the second quarter. So, I, I yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think so. I mean, I think so because, you know, you're thinking about it. Like, a lot of these guys have, you know, like at least the superstars, they got nice homes, big homes, you know, the cars, this and that. They Families. get tired of being in the room. Yeah. I mean, I would be. Like, I, like you know, if, I mean, think about it. They've been down there since July the 9th. July the 9th. Oh, and if it's you, over a month. You know, it's like. Yeah, over a month. You're tired. You know, I know I'm tired, so I know they're tired. They're in the bubble. I mean, uh, well, the, the the next question is, we all hear about they like Brett personally. Is there any, and it's tough because you don't have, we don't have the access that we used to have as reporters to get a gauge. But is there a, a little bit of a, a groundswell if they know if they get swept that Brett's gone? Oh, they know. Yeah, they know. I mean, I think they everyone knew that in the beginning of the season. You know, they knew that. Well, they knew that basically at the end of last season when ownership almost fired him. Then, yeah, almost fired. Yeah, like that was one of those where they fired him, where they were going to fire him, but then they didn't want to make it seem like they fired him. You know what I mean? But um, they gave him another chance. Everyone knew that. Yeah, it, it's it's done. And and I think like for Brett and for the team, if that happens, is it's going to be best for both of them. I mean, yep. because when you look at it, if you're Brett Brown, here's the problem with Brett Brown. Now, first of all, you have, you know, one of your star players who hangs out with the ownership group. Mm-hmm. Now, for the star player, that's great. Yeah. I'm not knocking on if you can hang out with some people in the ownership group, but how can you tell that guy what to do can't when he's him. cool with the owner? You can't really discipline him. No. The other guy is a great player, but he doesn't like shooting the ball. And whenever Brett, one time Brett said, hey, I want him to shoot the ball all the time, the guy stopped it. Now you have all these injuries and you have, like, you know, people empowered. You know, sometimes if you're looking at Brett, you know, you're thinking, like, man, maybe let me go somewhere else and and see what I can do. You know, this is becoming a headache. This is a problem. And then if you're looking at the Sixers players and the Sixers organization, it's one of those things where you just – Gave up, like we said, you got four guys that are making close to max salaries. Well, you can't get rid of some two of them, so you're going to have to make a change, and that change has to be a new voice. And that's just how it is. Wait, Keith, is he is he owed money for the next two years? Like I, I had heard he was yeah. owed. Like, and, and will that factor in at all? You know, you just made a statement before, kind of like this ownership likes get making money. Um, which ownership group? Dumb. But do you think that at all would factor? in their decision is whether to bring him back for maybe one more year? I don't. And the reason being, it's not if they get swept or not if they lose in the first round. Because when you look at it, everyone, like, you know, people don't want to be known as, like, being cheap, right? They don't want to do that. So, you know, and you just gave $20 million, you know, for uh, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, right, for two things. So you have the cash, right? Right. So, So the thing is, you look at it, and you have the New Orleans Pelicans just fired their coach in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, Chicago Bulls who just fired their coach in the pandemic. So it's kind of like if you keep them, then people are looking at you like, wow, you guys have a crazy situation, and you kept this dude, and the only reason why we can figure it out is because you don't want to come across. You know, you don't want to have to pay him and pay someone else. So right. I think that kind of like forces you to make a decision. Does, you know? it, does it force them to look outside? I know they have a head coaching candidate on their 
in the assistant coach ranks for them, but would they look outside the organization to get that voice? And I think you have to. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to. I mean, the, the thing with him, Ime and, and Ime Odoka, you know, he's a, a nice guy, a good guy, but he's a, he's a rookie coach. And right now the problem is, like, you, you're talking about this team is built for the uh, built for the playoffs, is built for the future, I mean, championship. You got to go out there and get someone. Like, you know, you, you got you to invest. Now, who knows? There have been instances where a young guy took over the round, um, the reins. Nick Nurse. And we found out, yeah, Nick Nurse. And we found out that they were great coaches, right? Mm-hmm. We found that out. Um, but it's tough, man. It's really tough. Okay, let me ask the dumb, stupid question. No, trust me. I got one more stupid question, too. Go does, ahead. Does Jay Wright at all no. get serious consideration from them? Oh. I no, think I'm so. Keith. I mean, if you, you, does he get serious consideration from them? From them, would they yeah, look at I think Jay like, Wright? Well, all I know is that before the old regime really liked Jay Wright. Okay, the old regime really liked Jay Wright. Um, I mean, Jay Wright is funny, man. It's it's like I had a, an executive call me once and was asking me questions about Jay Wright, and like it's not like. They have an opening right now, but the guy just wanted to basically know info about Jay because they like a lot of teams in the NBA like Jay Wright. And I think, you know, when you look at Jay Wright, you look at a guy like um, Brad Stevens in, in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he's one of those guys who like took over a pro team and it was very successful. The fact that Jay Wright is a part of NBA basketball. And he has relationships with these guys. The fact that he won two national championships and he developed players. You know, now, let's face it, in the NBA, is a lot of young players now coming in. So I think that, you know, Jay Wright has, as the kids want to call swag, so to speak. And, and, and a lot of these NBA teams really like them. And so, yeah, I think the Sixers would be interested. Um, it's up to Jay Wright if, if he would want to, you know, do that. But sure. I think they would. I think they would be interested. Yeah. What are the odds then? Well, I, I we talked about how this job looked two years ago. Two years ago, Jay Wright's right on board. I think if you're Jay and you're looking at your one shot in the NBA at his age, I'm not sure that Jay's looking at this and going, "This is a great spot" because you don't have that salary cap flexibility and all that. Which leads to the next question, uh, my final question for you, and I know Mike probably has another one. Embiid and Simmons are the two guys you could move that you have the max contracts for. Would, yeah. they, would they consider one of them being – would they listen to offers this offseason for either one of them? I think they would. I mean, here's the thing. If the Sixers get swept – see, here, if the Sixers get swept, you know, anything can happen. Now, I don't know if they will get what they think they're going to get equal value for them. I mean, you, you match up salary, but are you going to get equal, equal value? But see, you gotta understand two things though. So Embiid, it's not like the first time that he wasn't trying he was trying to get traded. Right. Like he was upset with his role. He was upset that they got rid of Jimmy Butler, upset they got rid of uh JJ Reddick, right? Mm-hmm. So he's real disappointed. You know, you sit out there and you're looking at him, he's in the bubble, guys are talking, he's out here scoring, you know, thirty something points and he's not getting any help. 
And he may say, like, hey, I got to go. And then you look at Ben Simmons, it's like, you know, I'm a two-time all-star point guard, and, you know, I think I'm going to be a point forward, so I'm fine with the switch. And then they just take the ball totally out of my hands. So, you know, you got to keep these two guys happy so it could happen. I mean, it, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? I Right now, I, I don't think so, just because I think that, you know, right now, if, if you're the Sixers, they really don't have any cap space. But if you're the Sixers, you got to try to figure out to get people around them. Right. Like, I knew last year's team was the best team, mm-hmm. the best team that they had. But I felt like the, the team the year before that, when they had a bunch of shooters, was the best team for both of these guys' skill set. Yeah. Because you didn't ask Simmons to shoot. All he had to do was find people. And those people also created space for MB. You know what I mean? But um, I think if you get the right group around them, they could play together. It's just a matter of they don't have any space. You don't have people knocking down shots anymore. Keith, you've been around these guys for a while now. So you've, if the Sixers, if I were to ask you, do you think a team with Simmons and Embiid, and I don't know what else would be around them, whether it's what that, can those two guys win a championship together in your opinion? Not right now. I think maybe in a couple years. But I don't think I don't think not right now. I think this whole culture has to change with this team. Okay, I, I do. I, I don't see. I mean, you know, you look at the Sixers and you look at other teams, and you know, I, I think they. It you know, it also has to come down to who's going to be the coach. You know, who's going to be the general manager. You know, stuff like that. But at this particular time, with this current roster and all that, no, I don't see it at all. No, I okay. I'm right there with you. I just don't – I think the thing with them is they had that window two years ago. Remember, after their season two years ago when they last lost to the Celtics, they actually thought they had a shot at LeBron James. Or they, they played it up. That they well, had they a were shot. nuts. Well. They were nuts. They weren't getting LeBron James. I understand, but they were, like, viewed as the team, hey, if LeBron wants to stay in the East, this was the team to go to. Well, and now, yeah. like, they're, they're poisonous at this point almost, so yeah. – but last year they could have won the title if the ball doesn't fall. Wow! I mean, I, don't know, I think won. they would. I think they would have lost to Milwaukee. In this you think they, they might have. have? But all I'm uh, saying is, yeah. if they win that game seven, we don't know what would have happened. Yeah. You know, if they beat Toronto and then Toronto beats now, maybe they wouldn't have beat Milwaukee. And then when they got to the finals, the Warriors were all banged up. Um, yeah, you're right. They you're could right. have. I mean, it's not inconceivable that that team could have won a title. Yeah. Um, and now we're talking about it as if you know they dropped an A bomb on them. <laughs> it's like it's, it's well, nuts. but they pinned themselves in last I, year. They last year they that. had but the Butler and Reddick thing. I think we're going to look back years from now and and realize how big a mistake that was. That, that swapping Butler and Reddick out for another year of Tobias and Horford is just a. I think the Horford thing was was Tobias. They almost had to do. You didn't yeah, have to do Al Horford. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. They were forced to do – because if you think about it, they gave up three first-round picks for Tobias yes. and exactly. Lane from Shannon. It was, it was kind of like and, – and the thing is, they got – and the funny thing is, because Tobias wasn't going back to the Clippers. No. Because, remember, they offered him $80 million. He said, nah. So, and, and Tobias knew that year – it was funny. Everybody was saying, like, 
Tobias is going to get a max contract. Everyone kept saying it because of availability. So the Sixers go out and get him. And if he would have walked, they would have looked crazy giving all that money yeah. to a yeah. guy. I mean, they would look crazy giving up all that stuff for a guy that said bye. Now, here's the thing. They gave up three players for for Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's not here. They gave up two starters for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Two. They, yeah. Up, they, they self-emptied their cupboard is what they did. Yep. They basically they threw open the doors and said, here you go, boys. Just go. It's unbelievable. Keith, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I You are my favorite North Catholic graduate. I should point that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's, a short, it's a short list, Keith. I know that's you got, you got Bob Vitrone. Uh, Brother Jim Williams. That's my man. I know. I, I saw him. Simitowski. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Killian in that. Uh, stay safe down there. Uh, and oh, thank so you. So you know Chucky Killian? I know Chucky. I know Chuck's yeah. dad. I knew Chuck's yeah. dad. And Kathy works at the Phillies still. His, oh, okay. his, his sister works, at, um, works as the head of HR for the Phillies. His father may not remember me, but if you see him, as Tom, I said I love his fa- his father actually passed away last year. Oh man, yeah. Mr. Bad. Killian was yeah. see Mr. Killian and I were Notre Dame fans. So that was our common. Yeah, his son played for Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, we, oh, we we yeah. were just yeah yeah we were yeah. we were Notre Dame fans, and so that was our bond. Uh, yeah. Beyond wow. beyond okay. the beyond the the Judge North rivalry. Keith, stay safe down there, man. Hey, Keith, that's, get home. Right. that's like that's like Boston. Boston Celtics beating on the Sixers right about now. <laughs> Keith, well, get just home remember, home. just remember, Boston and Philadelphia will still be there. North is not, so that's <laughs> that's remember the ultimate win. Go ahead. You're going yeah, to you're going to be the hardest working guy in sports in a couple of weeks. Because you're going to be all over a coaching search, and that's the worst job in sports. Well, and then, I, all right, I might as well ask: this. What is the they're talking now about pushing the season back from December first? Is the latest report today? Well, they've been saying that for a while. Like, like what happens is when it first came out, and they said it was going to start December first. The players' association said, "Nah, we don't know about that." Yeah, that's because. If you thought, I mean, if you really wanted to be like, it was going to be six weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Six, four weeks. And like, if you win the championship, that's like, that's kind of crazy because you have these guys. Now, again, I know that they have time off and everything and I get it, but they're playing essentially every other day, every other day. So if you win the chip, then you're, you're done. You're, you got to come back. So, yeah. So Christmas, maybe. When they start, yeah, that's what I'm hearing around that time, and yeah. then push it back all the way, I guess, into July again, right? I mean, deep. Well, I think it's going to be kind of crazy again, just because you know most of these guys are playing international basketball. Yeah. You got the guys overseas. You got the so Olympics next year too. Yeah. yeah, you have the Olympics. So, well, yeah, we hope. You hope. Gonna, <laughs> now, when they when they start out, they're not going to be in a bubble, right? I don't think so. No, I think it's well, going that, to... that means it'll be Major League Baseball. Then that that that'll be wonderful. <laughs> no. Jeez. Yeah, yeah wow. I know. That's that's when the problems going to occur. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Keith, yeah. thanks a lot, man. Appreciate right, it. Be good. Me. Stay safe. Be good. Uh, Mr. Kern, stay on here. We'll be back right after this. Our thanks once again to Keith Pompey for joining us. Uh, one of the one of the best dudes going. We we love Keith and Mike. You. 
I covered high school stuff with him. You covered Temple with him. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Chattanooga. Dude. I had Chattanooga with him. Chattanooga with him. I didn't realize that. I apologize. I was looking at my phone. Uh, my phone was blowing up there for a second. I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, hope it's nothing important. Um, let me let me get to some other stuff. You're not worried about the Flyers, are you? After last night, I mean, look, it, look, they had they had a bad game. Uh, you know, we I've seen teams lose three to one leads in the playoffs, but you know, you would think the Flyers should be able to win one of these two games, but you don't want it to go to a game seven just because. And Carter Hart, yeah, looked human. Yeah. You know, the second which, goal was bad, but yeah, and then the goal that he didn't that he didn't get taken out on that they called the offsides wasn't really great. But you know what? He's human. Yeah, he's twenty two years old. He's going to have more games like that. He's not going to be Bernie Perrant no. every night. Um, the the thing is, not I mean, other than Voracek, right? None of their top five goal scorers from the regular season have scored yet. So that's either a good or a bad thing. Vortex had a really good series, it turned out. Yeah, he, he's played fine. Um, Van Reems has been sat twice, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, if you're the Flyers, you want to end this thing because the last thing you want is Curry Price in Game 7. You, yeah. you just Because then you don't know. Uh, you know, one bad bounce, but I still think they're going to win. I mean, I, I wouldn't not think they're going to win. Um, you, you know, I'm sure they're still a, a big betting favorite, and I'm – I'm sure they're probably the favorite in Game Six. I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's an even money game. I I, I don't know. But um, you know their defense didn't come up real big last night, and that's been one of their strengths. But somebody there was some stat, Kevin. I don't know if this is true or not. That Montreal's hit like 13 post posts in this series, yeah. which you know that just shows you what kind of game hockey is, yep. I mean, especially like, at know. this time of year. Yeah, I'm not worried about them until like you're right if you know i view tomorrow and i view friday night as a pretty much a must win because you don't want to face carry price in game seven but you know i'm pretty confident i thought they actually played really well last night for large portions of the game just one or two breakdowns here really cost them yeah i mean all of a sudden the power plays came into you know uh the power play had been a problem they they scored goals on the power play um they had, a, they had a shorthand, right? If I or, or was it the other way around? I'm yeah. Trying no, they, the they gave up a shorthand and they scored two on the power play. Yeah. The, the Flyers have to treat game six like it's game seven. Mm-hmm. Not in that you're in panic mode or, or you're, I don't mean that way, but you don't want to get to a game seven with the other team having won the last two games. Um, You know, because the momentum at that point, I mean, there's really no momentum. It's a game seven. You know, you drop the puck and see what happens. But one of the things I won't want to, I won't want to go to a game seven. Right, and one of the things for them is they haven't played, they haven't lost back to back games in a long time. I mean, I think January the uh, early to mid January. Yeah, yeah. And and, and let me ask you a question: What did you think of that play at the end of the game? Well, Couturier's little. Yeah, it's why. It was cheap. Why? It was cheap. Right. If somebody did that to the Flyers, mm-hmm. we, we'd be sitting here bitching and moaning for – I mean, it just struck, struck me, was, a, especially was, a player, a player it of It was a horseshit play. Yeah, but and, – and, like, maybe if Faraby did it or something, Farabee won a young – but could, he's beyond that. You know, he's, he's better than that. And I understand they were mad because they patted Carter, you know, on the head. 
Um, but why would you even like like why would you even give the Canadians now a reason to be whatever? I right. you know, it just it just struck me as a chippy thing that I thought this team was was beyond. I, I really did. I agree. I think first sign of frustration about the series, and that's yeah. Um, How about the pass the guy made on the goal, the game winning goal? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I was, but again, that was a cough up, right? The Flyers yeah. coughed the puck up in their own zone, and yeah, uh, I, I think they're going. I think they're going to win Game Six, Kevin. But again, I, I, if they don't, then everybody will be on. And, and l- let's look at it this way: if they lose this series, which again, I don't think they're going to, mm-hmm. but if they do, then it becomes a kind of a downer. Yeah, it does. It does. You know. And if they lost to the Islanders, I think it would become a downer. But we'll see. Yeah, but it, like if you play the Islanders and you weren't up three to one and mm-hmm. you just lost like a six or seven game series, okay, you know it's hockey. But when you're up three to one over a team that was twenty fourth in the league at at coming into this whole thing, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I, that that probably wouldn't you know because people are getting excited now. Yeah. You know they're they're saying okay, we get past this, we get the Islanders while Tampa and Boston are probably duking it out in some really yeah. mega series. Yep. The, the road looks pretty good right now. Yeah. Uh, wanted to get to the uh, Phillies real quick. They're finishing off a, a doubleheader today in uh, in Buffalo, not Toronto. Uh, they'll head to Atlanta this weekend. And if, look, they've been, they're about a 500 team at this point. And that's exactly what the record is, assuming they hold on and win. Uh, game two, they did have Vince Velasquez in the mound, so they shouldn't. They'll be ten and eleven. Um, but uh, you know, realistically, where do you see them at right now? I mean, they're going to I Atlanta. No, I, I have no idea, okay. Kevin. It's, just, it's I, I mean, like I said, everybody's making the playoffs. Um, I mean, it seems that way. Um, yeah, right now they have a fifty-eight percent chance of making the playoffs, according to. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, if you have one good week, in, in, in which they just they're coming off a pretty good week, mm-hmm. you move up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you move up, and if conversely, if you have, you know, a one and six week or a two and five week, you know, you're probably not. But you know, the East doesn't look that great. Uh, no. Atlanta's leading it at 14 and 11. The Phillies are 9 and 11. So Atlanta's all banged up. I mean, they got guys on the injured list. They got guys out for the year. They got Marcakis, I think. Did, didn't he just test positive again or something? Uh, I, I didn't see that. I, uh, it, well, there was something the about Met, that he might go on the IL. Well, the Mets um, also had, uh, the Mets have now had two games called off their game tonight against yeah. the Marlins, game, the, game this weekend against the Yankees. Uh, because they had two members that are staff yeah. that test the and positive. baseball just keeps playing. It's great, you know. Which, yeah, we we got guys <laughs> we can't play. I mean, it's a, it's it's a joke. It, it's but I guess this is our new normal that you can't just stop everything because you know two teams aren't playing. I, I mean, I guess that's yeah. What would happen in the NFL? I guess we'll see. What would happen in the NBA and the NHL if they come back not in a bubble? I, I guess we're going to have to see. But um, I mean, yeah, I can see the Phillies finishing second in this division. Um, why not? The, the Mets are the Mets. Yeah, you know the Mets always have guys get hurt, um, pitchers get hurt, and the Nationals weren't going to be the Nationals two years in a row. I mean, it's, it it was, and now uh, Strasburg's on the IL. I think. Yeah, he with, may be done for the year. Yeah. So, I mean, are the Phillies great? No. Are are, are they? I mean, Harper's having a tremendous year, yep. and so is the catcher. 
He's cooled off a little bit, but Harper Harper's been on base in every one of their games. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty good. One other baseball note, and it was actually a National News story today about uh, Tom Brenneman, who is the Reds' uh, play-by-play announcer, the son of the great Marty Brenneman, who was the Reds' play-by-play announcer forever in the Hall of Fame. Tom was caught last night on it. Unaware he was on the air, used a derogatory uh, term towards uh, gays and uh, was suspended by the Reds and by Fox Sports. He, Brenneman was also, Tom Brenneman was also big on Fox's football coverage. Uh, when Joe Buck would go cover the World Series, he would usually slide next to Troy Aikman. Um, you and I have both done enough television and radio where we know the, the, the hot mic is, is a is a real thing, and you got to watch it. And it was surprising to see a vet like that uh, get caught up in it. Would you agree? But again, like here's one thing I find interesting in all this: why doesn't anybody in any of these stories describe what he said? Like all, I, I haven't seen in one story, and I've read like three of them, or maybe it's the same story. All the time. Like, tell me what he said. Tell me, you know what? How? Yeah, you know, don't use the word. But just say, here's here's the sentence. Here's what he said. N- nobody will, will ever do that, um, which I don't know why. It's like it's verboten to, to say what he said. No, he said it. Um, you, you, why would you give away your career over something so stupid? Yeah. Um, and we all say stupid stuff. You know, I'm oh, not and, and we're not, yeah, we're not all saints, and we all say stuff no, that we all regret. No. And it's surprising, though, when you see a veteran – who has a moment like that? And yeah, well, I mean, hey, look, look, and, and it, yeah, the one thing, I, the one thing, and I heard Stephen A. talk about this today. Um, you know, if Tom Brenneman shows that his contrition, if he works with uh, LGBTQ um, community members uh, in no. Cincinnati, what? Yeah, the answer is no. What? You think he'll be back on the air or keep well, his job? Well, Stephen said that if look, it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a career ending. Like, should he you be th- should he be stepping back? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't show any remorse, should he? But if he shows genuine remorse and he tries to correct it, then he should be given another well, chance. Is what Stephen said. Tell, and I kind me, of agree with him. Okay, and I'm not disagreeing, but tell me the instance. In that business where that's happened, Marv Albert. It took Marv Albert like three years. years over it. Okay, three years. All I'm saying here's the bigger problem with what he and I don't know him obviously, and people will always say, "Well, he's not really that person." If you say something like that, well, then you are that person. I'll give you another example: Brian Williams. Brian Williams obviously sat in one of the most prized journalistic seats in America as the anchor of NBC Nightly News, was said to have basically, you know, exaggerated stories about what he did. Brian's still working in the business. I'm not saying that the guy has to go back and be Fox's number two but, football announcer. But, but he didn't But he didn't make, what I'm saying is, Brian Williams did something wrong, but he didn't use the N-word. He didn't use a derogatory, uh, in this day and age that we live in, okay, it really hits people. And what people will say is even if you apologize and even if the po- apology is, is if he really means it, well, which if, I don't he's, know if, if he's working with groups, if, if he, if he's, I'm not saying just 
an apology of, hey, I'm sorry, and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If he's willing to work and, and, and try to mend fences in that community, at a certain point, I think he he will probably get an opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I do. Kevin, I, I'm for second chances, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you no. I'm just trying to say to you that if somebody said something like that when the, when he didn't know the mic was on, then he's probably a little bit like that. I mean, why would you say it? If me and you were off the air and all of a sudden you turned around and said and used some derogatory term mm-hmm. for somebody, you know, I got to believe that's who Kevin Cooney is. I, I, I'm almost, would it be hard for me to say, well, Kevin just said that the one time. You know, that that's where I'm coming from yeah. is that I'm not saying he shouldn't get a second or a third chance. Hey, right. you know, but I just think in the world we live in today, it's very hard to mend oh, that fence. It is, it is, the, man, it is tough. It the is Reds tough. aren't going to want anything to do with them. Uh, many of the advertisers might say to the Reds, we don't want anything to do with him because you know, we're afraid of losing whatever. That's where the problem comes in. It's not necessarily to- Brenneman versus the public. You know what I'm saying? It's um, is he too poisonous to have on your, your broadcast? That's the problem. I mean, let's say for sake of argument, they let him. Let's say the Reds let him go, but he does community work. He's and three years from now, the Phillies have a job opening, and the Phillies make an announcement: we're hiring this guy. What are the stories? Yeah, like, like, what? Yeah, you know, that's the problem. And that's why it, I say he would probably have to step back in a sense of instead of doing TV, maybe he's just a radio guy, or you know, he would have to show. There would have to be a process. He, I don't ever see him getting back to the level he was. Well, then but, he might not want to be at that. I mean, he might not well, want to be at the, a minor league level. If that's, I mean, I don't mean minor league in terms of minor league. I'm just saying I mean, when I, you've been, do he I, is fifty eight, fifty eight years 57, old, fifty seven, right? Yeah, so I mean, at this point, he might just say, "You know what? It's been real. I probably got enough money." Um, what was the recent the the NFL player recently that that was it Deshaun? Yeah, that came out about about the Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. So we've kind of forgotten about that, right? Now that's different. That's an athlete, and I don't know and, if Jewish people have forgotten about that. Well, and it also has been set up by the Eagles that he has to attend certain groups, uh, you know, the anti-defamation league. He has to go to right. uh, the, the Holocaust museum. Um, right. He's I'm going with Joy. Second, Jay, Kevin, you're right. You're, you're absolutely it's, right. And Stephen Avery is right. The point is, barring certain things, second chances are warranted. Right. Now, if there was a second chance and he, and he blows it, that's on him. And I'm well, not, so, I'm not saying second chance should be 2020. Or even yeah. 2021. We're so, politically, we're so politically correct, and it's funny how political, yeah, correctness works sometimes. Like I remember back when it was either Al Sharpton or or um, the Reverend Je- Jesse Jackson said something about it, he called it New York Jaime Town, mm-hmm. and basically got away with it. Yeah, and I, I always remember thinking to myself that if a white person or a Jewish person had said something derogatory about African-Americans, I don't know how easily they would have gotten over it. And I don't know what to make of that. I'm not making judgments here. I'm just saying is, but when we want to be hard on something as a, as a society, we can be hard, man. We've seen guys lose jobs. Yeah. Um, for for one stupid, you know, Al Campanis, um, Howard Cosell. 
I would I would say the I would say the Campanus thing was different because Campanus was in a a, a position of power, and right. But it was one by all accounts, well, he was a quote unquote good guy who, you know, yeah. But if you're in a position of power like that, and you say you're you're going to get, and look, what happened to Tom Brenneman last night? He should get suspended. He should get. He should have got yanked off the air. Yeah. I'm surprised it took the fifth inning last night for them to do it. But see, Kevin, remember this. Tom Brenneman is in a position of power also. When you are a guy on the air, Tom McCarthy's in a position of power. Right. Fransky's in a position of power. Maybe not Al Campanis power. I, I, but I not direct hiring power is what I mean. It's, but you are, you're talking to a million people. I, you know, your voice is going out. and yeah, you know That's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know what they're going to. I, I I don't know what they're going to do. And, and to be honest with you, if you're going for, I mean, I hope he does the right thing and 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 does the community stuff and work. But that doesn't mean that everybody w- will accept him again. A lot of people might accept him. You know, I, I I'm you know I don't know. I'd have to talk to some gay people and say, would you know. Would you, how do you feel about that? You know, it's like what's the what's the thing they say if it offends one person? Like if somebody's you know the Columbus statue, right? Okay, it doesn't offend everybody, but if it offends one person or or one group of people, then does that mean you know everybody should react Tom, to that? Tom uh, uh, Tom Brenneman said that uh, put a thing out today. Uh, he put it actually a guest opinion in the Cincinnati Inquirer. Uh, I said something on the air Wednesday night. No one should ever say. No one should ever think. No one should ever feel. No one should ever hear. I could train or tell you who I am or what I believe, but those things would all be excuses. The fact is, what I said was wrong. I said a word that's both offensive and insulting. In the past 24 hours, I've read about its history. I had no idea it was rooted in hate and violence, and I'm particularly ashamed that I, someone who makes his living by the use of words, could be so careless and insensitive a word i have no place in my vocabulary it that should have no place in my vocabulary and i certainly will never utter it again i cannot erase what i have done the only thing i can do is humbly apologize accept the consequences of my actions and resolve to be better be better and behave differently from now on to the lbgtq plus community i'm truly deeply sorry you can never be denigrated with cruel and hateful language i failed you and i cannot say enough uh, how sorry I am. And he talked about he is going to, into sensitivity training. Yeah, well, that that's all well and good. It, it, and again, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, if he said it and people were offended. So, you know, I, I can't speak to it because, you know, <laughs> is it wrong? Yes. I mean, but I'm not a gay person, so I don't know. You know, if I said stuff in my life that probably I shouldn't have said, for reasons I don't understand, I guess, um, you know, and then we all feel bad about it. And, and, and that's part of the problem with the world we live in is that you would say something like, like that. Somebody would even think about saying something like that, even if it came out just because, you know, or, but when you say something like that, mm-hmm. there has to be something in you that made that you say something say like that. Yeah. You can't just say it was like, you know, a golf shot. Oh, Christ, I hit it out there to the right. Give me a mulligan. You know, no. I mean, my golf shot was because I'm a, a semi-crappy golfer sometimes. But, I mean, and I and I feel for him. I, I do. Because I'm sure he's probably a good guy. But we say that all the time. Oh, he's a good guy. We don't know. 
No. You know, maybe that's who he is. I, I don't know. I can't make those judgments. Um, you know, uh, it, it's 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 sad, but you know, Kevin, something like this happens every week. Yeah, it does. And we've almost become numb to it because it does happen so often. How many how many times do you see the headline? Joe Blow from Iowa regrets saying this, you know, or or this coach said that, and you know, and then they got to come out the next day and make a statement about, you know, oh, yeah. So, I, I look. I hope it works out for him. I hope he he does what he's got to do, and I hope that someday he gets back on the air. I'm sure it won't be probably at a national level, maybe not at the major league level. I I don't know that. Um, but the team that if he works for another team. They're going to have to answer that question. Yep. Um, so we're back on Tuesday, question, which would be game five if the Sixers are able to survive. Um, and the Flyers, we probably be starting another series at this point uh, against the Islanders. Uh, so will the Sixers get swept, Michael? Well, if – if Boston is Boston in, in command of their series, what what is that? The uh, the, the the Bruins, Bruins, and the, they both have won. They're both over. So Bruins, and how about Tampa? Tampa won. That's over. So so it's they're definitely going to play the Islanders. Well, if, if the they, I, if the Islanders don't cough up a, a 3 0 lead to uh, the Capitals, yes. Okay, or they would play the Caps then, right? That, I mean, well, no, they, no. They the Caps at, are three, so they would play Boston. Oh, that's right. They play Boston. Okay, but the Caps ain't coming back from probably three, not. Um, no, they won out of the bubble. No. They're they're going home. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Flyers will be favored. Right. Do the Sixers I mean, are the Sixers swept? I I I don't care. <laughs> I, I, no, no. I mean, it makes no difference to me. What? Why are we attaching so much meaning to if they lose in four or five? I I don't. It makes no well, there's difference. A, there is a humiliation factor if he gets. No, there's not, Kevin. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, if yes, you yes. Take it to, no, there's not. If you take it to seven, that's a difference. You take it, you extend the series to seven, you're losing a game. Fine. Four or five, there's no difference. There's no difference. It's like you said, the gentleman's sweep or whatever they call it. There's no difference. You got swept, uh, and you would have lost to this team twice in three years in five games. So what I'm supposed to feel better? It ain't saving Brett's job. No. So, you know, I, I think the biggest question facing this team right now is will Brand be back? Will Brett be back? Which I, you know, Keith doesn't seem to think he will. And then you move on to the next question, who is next in line? Yeah. And I found it interesting that Keith thinks that Jay will at least Come up, I guess, from the Sixers standpoint. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's right, wrong, or or whatever. But we said that um, you know eight months ago that we thought you know whether whether it, it lasts for two minutes or or whatever, that Jay's name will come up. And you know, then the, the obvious question, you know, Jay, you know, whatever. I mean, who do you think? Like, who? I don't think the guy on their bench is going to get it. I, I, don't, I don't see think, that. Happening. I don't think you can stay in house. Is there are there names that you've heard? Like, is there are, are there names out there that make sense? Can go, Mark Jackson. Okay. Um, Alan Gentry wouldn't be a bad choice. I don't know. I mean, you know, what's he? Guy has like three. He's had like three jobs. Yeah. 
and, and what's he done in the three? I mean, yeah, I hate that. I hate the retreading of people. I just do. I, I think it's that's like, what this well, league is, though, Mike. Yeah, but that. But why? You break the mold. You don't have to be that team. You know, do do something. Mark Jackson's an interesting name. I, I, you know, I mean, is it like baseball where if you have a players' coach, now you go out and get a disciplinarian guy? Yeah. Is that how basketball works? I, too? I guess. By the way, so the, then the Sixers the, would. The Sixers would be looking for a disciplinarian guy, right? Yeah. By the way, the uh, the Phillies uh, had a seven run lead after the first inning. Don't tell me. No, don't tell me this. It's seven six. They're asking no. for Hector. They're asking Hector Neris to try to get five outs. No, it, it, you're it, kidding no, me. No, I'm you? not kidding you. Oh God. I'm not that, kidding you. That makes sense. What the hell? You saw what you saw what happened to Alvarez in the first game. Yeah, right? I saw he got in the yeah. Hit there. Yeah, took a bad one. Um, yeah, this is look. This is going to be. At least you have the Flyers to carry it. Look at the bright side. As, as disappoint. And why were we to think the Sixers were going to do anything anyway? Really, all these people that had all these hopes about. Ah, oh, you know. We'll, we'll I thought the they showed up. I'm sorry. I thought oh, they would well, show that up. Part of it, that part <laughs> of it, I'll give you. But it's one thing to lose. It's one thing to lose. It's another to be completely embarrassed and not show up. They were the sixth seed for a reason in a year where most of us had them being the second seed. They were six. Mike, I'm not disagreeing on that. Indiana didn't even have Oladipo for like half the year or whatever. They didn't have him. And I know Ben missed time. Look, I, I, I get all that. They're closer they to Orlando a, and Brooklyn than they are Miami, Boston, and uh, Toronto and uh, Milwaukee. There has been a disconnect on this team all year between how are we going to use Horford? Uh, ben won't shoot. Um, uh, you know how do we make Tobias that that you know that second offensive kind of I, guy? Mike, I, I know. I, yeah, I know. It's I, just I, I, I'm just. You know I, what the saddest part is, Kevin? Listening to Brett after the games. Oh my God, it's 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 almost like listening to your Philly manager. Well, from, from last year. Oh well, no, that nothing's that. Um, no, close. <laughs> I actually didn't listen to Brett last night. I I had the Flyers on, and then I watched Inside the NBA, and I watched Barkley lose his mind on him. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. So, all right. So I will see you Tuesday. Yeah, man. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend to everybody. We will see you on Tuesday. I, I should, you know, the second time this week I got caught without the, uh, without the, uh, the exit song going. There you go. Our thanks, our thanks to Keith Pompey for joining us, and our thanks for you to joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. This has been working the beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine pop.